Welcome to the Mind Management Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Bullock. Our brains are on autopilot, sorting information and just giving it all meaning. Here I'm going to teach you how to take your brain off autopilot, take control, and manage your thinking so you can live authentically as you and love authentically. I want you to create a life that you are proud to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the podcast. I really am so glad that you guys are here, that you're listening. I've gotten messages from some of you saying that these podcasts have really helped you in your life, and I just want you to know I appreciate those messages so much. I record this either in my car or in my closet, and it it's kind of weird because I feel like I'm talking to myself, but I have to remind myself that there are people on the other end of this listening, and if you apply it, lives really can be changed. So I do love hearing the feedback. I love interacting with you guys as you apply it. I love answering questions. So keep them coming. I love to hear it. And thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Okay, today we are talking about decision making. That's fun, huh? I just see so many people spin an indecision and I do this myself too. I am human. I have a human brain. I'm probably queen of this too. But I notice as we spin an indecision, we waste so much time and we think that we're actually moving toward making a decision. But really decision, like making a decision is fast. It really is fast. After the decision comes commitment. And that part is where we have to remind ourselves like as shiny objects go by, as all new ideas new possible ways that we can be doing it, like you might be doing it wrong. All of those thoughts might fly by and then it's just commitment from that point. So decision making really fast and then from then on it's commitment. Okay, so that's good to know, great to know, but I want to talk about the things that make us spin an indecision and help like get in the way of making that decision. So first is that we have an idea that there's a right decision and a wrong decision, okay? And sometimes I see that like people think that negative emotion, if negative emotion comes from a decision, that means it was the wrong decision. Logically, we know that's not true. But when we're in it and we're experiencing that negative emotion, maybe we've had instances in the past where we thought we made a bad decision, because we experienced negative emotion and the choice that we did make. And then sometimes our brain likes to kind of paint the other option with rose-colored glasses, right? So I made this choice. I have negative emotion right now. So that means this other choice probably would have been everything I wanted and my life would have looked like this and there's joy that I'm missing out on and there's something like my experience should have been this experience, but I messed it up, right? So if you have any decisions in your past that feel like that, it might make decision making in the future harder for you because you believe that there is a wrong decision. You believe if you would have taken the other option, there would have been more joy available to you, right? You kind of that fear of missing out thing a little bit. Like I made the wrong decision, so therefore I'm missing out on all of this joy on this beautiful life that I could have had. Like the decision becomes so big. That's not the case though. Why do we know that? Because we know that joy and happiness 
doesn't come from our circumstance. Once you make the decision, now you're in that circumstance, right? So joy doesn't come from our circumstances. It comes from the thoughts that we give those circumstances and the meaning that we give the thir- that we give the circumstances, never from the circumstance itself. Okay, so we think that we might be missing out. And to recap, we think that negative emotion means that was the wrong decision. Which let's argue that one for a minute. Some of the things that like fear is not a fun negative emotion for me. But most of the things that I have willingly stepped into fear for have been some of the greatest payouts for me. Some of the greatest confidence builders. You know, those things that happen that just the thoughts come easily. They feel good. They fuel my soul. Yes, all because of the thoughts that I'm thinking. But when you do some hard things, when you get through, maybe not in the negative emotion, not all the time. I think it's possible to generate good feelings during, anyway, good thoughts during negative emotion, totally possible. But every single time that I pushed myself into fear, those results from that have grown me leaps and bounds more than my easy choices, the things that brought me joy, right? Joy and happiness are great. But I also think sometimes pairing fear with courage, which don't feel great, Courage is a great emotion, brings good results, but it requires fear and it doesn't feel comfortable or good. It kind of feels terrible. So even the decisions that bring terrible emotion sometimes yield awesome results. Okay, so negative emotion doesn't equal wrong choice. All right, that gets in the way of making your decisions quickly and efficiently. The other thing that having a right decision and a wrong decision will do is put so much pressure on making that decision. It's going to feel heavy. It's going to feel intense. It's going to feel urgent. Like you have to get this right or you will never be able to feel joy ever again in your life. One time my kid came up to me during breakfast. I was like, oh, do I have cereal or toast? If I have toast, I can have the good brown bread with peanut butter on it. But if I have cereal, then I can put the sugar in it. Mom, do I have cereal or toast? Distraught. So distraught. And I just thought, dude, it doesn't matter. Pick cereal or toast. But sometimes I think that we go to our family members and we go to God. I see a lot of this and people in my culture, people around me go to God and they're like, I need an answer. Please tell me what to do. And for God, it's like my toddler crying to me, cereal or toast. And God's telling us, why do you think you're not getting an answer? Because dude, it's cereal or toast. Pick one. The point is to fill your belly. (laughs) So I think sometimes we do that. We need to zoom out a little bit and be like, Okay, nothing is out of my reach. So do I want cereal or do I want toast? Another argument I've sometimes heard have heard is what if I mess up the plan for me? Like what if this was supposed to be my journey or God wanted this for me and I'm just not getting the answer from him, right? Somehow I'm going to mess up God's plan. Here's the imagery that I love that I use almost every day of my life because it just fits so well. 
I want you to imagine the navigation in your car, whether you use it on your phone or it's in your car, however you do that, right? You put the destination in. That destination is set. That's where you're going. And then it creates a route for you from where you are all the way to where you're going, right? You take a wrong turn and it's like rerouting, rerouting. You can keep taking different turns and you can go on a different path than it plans for you and you're still going to get there. You can't mess up God's plan. He's got it, right? You're going to learn lessons along the way. And I think everything that you learn, I personally believe this. And I think that it's a thought that serves me well. My journey is completely customized just for me. That has brought so much peace into my life. And it rings true again and again and again. I think about the trials that I've been through. The things that I'm like, for sure this was the wrong decision. Like it wasn't even a good decision. It was probably a bad thing on me, right? And then I look at the results of that. And I have to thank the past that I have, thank the decisions that I've made in the past to be the person that I am now. Even the crappy ones, even the ones that I'm not so proud of. Because if those didn't happen, I wouldn't have learned the lessons that I needed to. I wouldn't have been the same person that I am today. Okay, so now if you know that negative emotion does not mean that you've made the wrong decision, you know that there's just as much joy available to you in one choice versus the other choice for any decisions that you've made in the past, right? We know that it's cereal or toast a lot of the time. There's not right or wrong. There's just different, right? One experience is going to give you one result. The other experience is going to give you the other result, And you can't mess up the plan that is set for you. Knowing those things, I want you to think about your decision that you have to make or making decisions in the past and how you've approached them. What I hope this does for you is take some of the urgency and that pressure out of making that decision and it becomes a little bit lighter. We get a little bit of a clearer view on it because we can't mess this up. Now you get to tune in to your best self, your highest brain. You get to see, what do I want? What do I want, right? Here's one more tricky little thing that has absolutely nothing to do with indecision, but we think it does. Here's a little story for you. (laughs) Anna was having to make a decision a while back. It was decision time. And I thought I had an idea of what I wanted, but I was super nervous. I kept saying, I labeled it confusion. I'm just so confused. I don't know what to do. If I choose this choice, then I'm hurting these people. If I make this choice, then I'm hurting those people. But in reality, it wasn't indecision at all. It wasn't confusion at all. I knew exactly what to do. I knew exactly what decision I wanted to make. I just knew that there was going to be people who wouldn't like it. And so I feared the emotion that they might have over my decision, over my choice. I knew I made this decision with my purest intentions and heart. It wasn't even mean or bad. It is out of a place of love. It was out of a place of abundance. But then I threw in other people's opinions about my choice and it made it scary. So rather than saying I was afraid of their reactions, I labeled it confusion. I labeled it indecision. Nope. 
That's not indecision, my friends. That is a little bit of people pleasing, a little bit of fearing what their thoughts about you might be. Maybe it's controlling the narrative about you, right? It's a little bit of all of that, but it has nothing to do with decision-making. So here's a few thoughts that I had to remember in that moment. This is my human brain, first off, and there's no problem with fearing some people's emotions and the experience that they might have, right? This is my human brain that's afraid of rejection. We've talked about this before. If we are conditioned, we are evolved as a species to be afraid of other people rejecting us because that meant death. And so now our bodies are just processing it in a way that keeps us alive for centuries and centuries. But there really is no danger anymore because now we can live by ourselves and be just fine. Right? So it's just a normal human brain. If you're doing that, if you're fearing others' emotions or maybe questioning your decision because of the experience that others might choose to have, then it's okay. You've got a normal human brain. Congratulations. (laughs) But let me remind you that you are allowed to take care of your own needs. In fact, you're the best person for the job. It is not selfish and Taking care of your own needs can be done in love. Here's the problem that I see though sometimes, especially with my chronic people pleasers like me. I know this well because I do this, right? So somebody makes a request of us and we don't want to do it. So we have this internal struggle like, I really want to do it, but I really don't want to do it. But I'm afraid they're going to get mad or it's going to be hard for them. And I'm being selfish then. And now we make it a shameful thought. I'm being selfish. And that feels terrible. It feels really terrible. So what do we do? We push back to the other side. We go to pride. We're like, they shouldn't even ask me. And they definitely shouldn't guilt trip me into it like they are. (laughs) And we make it them the villain. We make it about them and how they've done it wrong, right? Because that shameful thought of I'm being selfish feels so terrible. But here's the thing. If you were totally comfortable speaking your own needs, this wouldn't have been a problem in the first place. So they did something I think that's pretty awesome. They're trying to get their needs met. So they made a request of you in an effort to meet their own needs for whatever it is that they're seeking. All right. And then all of a sudden, now it's our turn. It's our turn to meet our own needs. But for a lot of my people, people that aren't used to speaking their own needs, that part's uncomfortable. So now we feel uncomfortable. So they have to be the bad guy. We don't have to do any of that. Confidence right in the middle is, I love you so much, right? I love you so much. And it's a no for me this time. I'm not going to do that this time. These are my reasons why, or you don't even have to speak your reasons. Just say, I love you. I can't this time. And when your brain really wants to make them the bad guy, because it probably will, that story's probably going to be there pretty thick, right? (laughs) But when your brain wants to make them the bad guy, what I want you to do is just see if there's any truth in their emotion, right? You tell them no, and they have an emotional reaction. They're sad. They're disappointed. Let me give you an example so you can see this played out. This year is different, right, because of all of the stuff in the world going on right now and the pandemic that's happening right now. 
Some of you guys are going to feel really comfortable seeing your family for Thanksgiving, or maybe you have family that's super comfortable seeing each other, but maybe you're not. And you want to have a Thanksgiving alone. You want to have a Thanksgiving that feels safe to you, but that requires telling your family who doesn't share the same ideas about it, right? They don't share the same truths about it that you do. And it might require you saying no to Thanksgiving dinner this year, right? Family might have some thoughts about that. I'm using this as an example because I've heard it from more than one source that they're going through this decision-making process, right? So you've made your decision. You want to have a Thanksgiving home alone, just small, intimate with your family. And you're just afraid. You think it's indecision, but you're just afraid of the emotional response from your family. Here's how we don't make them the bad guy. We find compassion for them. We find a little bit of understanding for them. In their model, it looks like circumstance. My sister, daughter, brother, cousin, whoever you are in relation, said they're not coming to Thanksgiving. So-and-so is not coming to Thanksgiving dinner, right? Then they have their thought that part you have no control over, right? You are their circumstance. They get to choose that. But their thought is probably something of, dang it, I really wanted the family together. Dang it, I really wanted them here, right? That's their thought. And from that thought, they might have some disappointment. Like we understand that. Man, I'm disappointed too, right? We can have compassion and so much love for them. This is why I say that there doesn't have to be a bad guy. We can empathize with what they're feeling. If we can get into their model to generate a little bit of compassion, then I think that's useful. Now, if you get into their model and you see judgments of yourself, like, oh, they're so paranoid or they're so scared, that's not going to generate any good, useful information for you. So just drop that part. Just let it go. All right. So in order to not make them the bad guy, You have to kind of see any truth in the thoughts that they're thinking and maybe generate a little bit of compassion for them. Do we have any understanding? We don't have to agree with the thoughts. I'm not telling you to abandon everything that you feel is true. What I am telling you is just to generate a little bit of understanding. Can you understand some of their thoughts? Can you understand why that feels like truth to them? And if they believed those thoughts... How would they be feeling, right? How would they be feeling? Would they be feeling maybe disappointed, maybe a little bit upset, maybe sad? A lot of the time, sadness is under anger. Maybe it comes out to anger on your side, but underneath anger is hurt and sadness and disappointment, right? Because anger feels a little bit productive. It's not, but it feels like we're taking care of the problem a little bit. And sitting down and feeling sadness and heartbreak doesn't feel productive. So here's the thing, my friends. I really want you to make the decisions. Make the best decisions that you can for you, for your family, for whoever it is you have to make decisions for. Make those decisions without a villain in the story. Because when there is a villain in the story, you won't act to your best character. Maybe you'll do things in spite. Maybe you'll do things out of anger. Whatever it is, we don't make our best decisions 
when we're feeling pressure, when we're feeling fear, when we're feeling scarcity, when we're feeling angry. Let's just take the pressure off of making these decisions. Let's make the decisions fast. And then comes the fun emotion of commitment, right? In the dressing room of my um, wedding night, the venue that we had for that night, they had a bride's room. And in the bride's room, there was a quote on the wall. And it said, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's something to the effect of being in love isn't a one-time event. It's a decision to fall in love with the same person over and over and over again. And I think that's the same thing, that commitment, that making that decision and then sticking to it over and over and over again, right? Decision making is fast. This is my decision. And then comes the commitment. I want you to end up wasting less time spinning an indecision. I want you to start making bold decisions, making them fast, making them from a place of abundance and just trust in yourself. Remember, you can't mess this up. It's cereal or toast. Your experience is going to be your experience no matter what. Negative emotion does not mean that you made the wrong decision. I hope that this helps in your decision making. It can be applied to even the smallest decisions like where do you want to eat tonight? Because remember, negative emotion, some of like the negative experiences that I've had after choosing restaurants are some of the funny experiences that I've had. Okay. So negative emotion does not equate to bad decisions. I hope this helps. I hope you can take it into big decisions, little decisions, whatever it is. Take the pressure off of it and just just choose. All right. Have a good day. See you next week. Bye.